0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. San Luis Obispo, California. Hello. And as a
0: surfer, he explored the beaches of Southern California from La Jolla to Leo Carrillo and up to Pismo.
2: I'm captain of the Pismo Beach disaster relief. Whoa, is
3: this the uh, sand I tried to do this at Pismo Beach when I was growing up. Oh, really? Yeah, words like we always like make him in the garage and stuff like that. And it would never work. It never worked. <laughs> never worked. I am from Pismo Beach, sir. I didn't even know that there was a college here. Well, I commute to San Luis Obispo twice a week.
1: Mm. There's a deer. Did we just call from Pismo Beach? He says there's no way he could have grabbed your ass. California's been good to me. Hope you don't fall into the sea. Sometimes you got Trust yourself, be in life.
3: new edition of the slow cal pod jerry perez myself sarah satsas jerry i feel like we we do this show so regularly that we have to let people know that we're on what, what every every wednesday every tuesday oh that's right like twice a year whenever we feel like doing this i'm actually um, jealous i'm very why, jealous. why are you, you have, jealous
0: because you have another podcast that you're very diligent on you're doing like every week with my childhood heroes and we sometimes do, sometimes and you and i yeah. are like every six months
3: I'm sorry, man. Well, I, I'm going to pay more attention to you, Jerry. And also I got some great students who are going to be joining us today who publish content for the Questonian, which I'm a humble advisor of. Um, why don't we introduce everyone first, Jerry? It's good to see you, by the way. I know that the, the podcast, the podcast you're referring to, and I do, I do a couple of them talk about the Warriors and my Warriors are now back on top again. You're Lakers. That's a whole other discussion. We're in the middle. Um, you for now yeah i I still think you're a threat but that's right now you're not but you might be come april uh anyways uh we have sky bedencore joining us today
4: sky how you doing kid i am doing amazing thank you thank you excellent
3: beautiful we got adam schooley adam welcome to the show how you doing good thank you for having me i appreciate it yeah man it's a pleasure having you daniel berg is in the house his screen is off in the moment but uh are you there you with us yeah
1: happy to be here excited to be involved in the podcast
3: awesome and thanks to have you and last but not least andrea Bateman. andrea great to have you on the show how are you
5: hello i'm great thanks for having me
3: yeah, it's an absolute pleasure, and of course, Jerry Perez is with me. You can follow Jerry on Twitter at what's your what's your Twitter account, Jerry? <laughs> oh, that's right. You still aren't on there because you're too big time. You're too big. No league sense for Twitter.
0: Twitter is my handle. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but Jerry, how have you been, by the way, man? How how is life for you and Slow? It's it's uh, the the pandemic's not nearly the same as it was the last time we spoke. Um, it's still around, clearly, but a lot of us are vaccinated, so I think a lot of people feel safer. I feel like Slow is always behind the curve when it comes to safety and you know taking you the precautionary so? measures oh like yeah it, dude it's like, like three days in-
0: ahead of the cu- curve no
3: three days into the pandemic people just said f staying in i saw people everywhere like three days after the pandemic started people i just the only attitude that i saw was f this i'm gonna do what i want i i you know i don't see that attitude everywhere certainly not in california but i saw it in slow but how are you doing man i mean how's the tv business going how's life going for you
0: uh normal uh, you know outside of the pandemic everything's been normal for me i, I go to work i haven't been I have not worked from home. I've always worked in the building. I, look for, I work for the local TV station here. So there's been a, quite a few people that have worked from home at times, and there's been people that have not worked in the building since March, April of last year. Um, other than that, it's been normal for me. Yeah, slow. I don't know. I feel like slow has been trying to be ahead of the curve as far as the yeah. pandemic goes. Uh, I do feel like everything is starting to reach 80% back to normal. Um, there's still mask indoors. But as yeah. far as the bars go restaurants go i feel like everything's kind of back at a almost like i said 80 90 full capacity of everything um i think also at this point i think people are tired vaccinated or unvaccinated i think people are starting to get tired of all this yeah yeah whether it's politicized or not i feel like everything's been kind of uh politicized to a certain extent whether it's a vaccine or Staying indoors, anything. staying outdoors, anything, 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 and everything has been politicized over the last year and it's a half. It's disgusting.
3: It's ridiculous that everything in this world is politicized. Now it's crazy. But uh, anyways, no, I, I, I hear you, man. And, and I think that's a huge gist is a lot of people are just tired. They just want to live a normal life again. But, um,
0: but can it, I, can, can I interject a little bit more, please? Example, I've been, I've been up and down the Southern California for the last month, San Diego, back and forth, LA back and forth, San Diego. I went to San Diego two weeks ago and I went again last week. Um, Everything is, they say masks are enforced, but nobody enforces the masks. LA, on the other hand, is somewhat a toe in of trying to for- enforce everybody to have a mask. But like I went to Venice on, on Friday and nobody really cares. Um, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, that's so, how it is a lot of places, man. Yeah, so yeah there's, there's, like the politi- enforcement. there's
0: political talk and then there's people out in the street just doing their thing and trying to live as normal as possible, right? Whatever, whatever normal is.
3: I got that vibe in San Diego too. Uh, I'm with you on that. It was just the rules are there, but who's actually enforcing it. Right. right. And even in slow, like you go to like, like, a like Pismo, you go to Morro Bay, anything, any of these shops near the beach, you can go inside any store you want and not wear a mask and no one's going to say a damn thing to you. It's, Correct. it's crazy. I don't like it, but that's just the way it is. Um, don't you like anyways, we could talk, pa- yeah, listen, we could talk pandemic okay. all day, but all right. we got, we got four individuals here who each produce amazing things for us. that we're going to talk about, um first of all adam Schooley's is going to join us he's a journalist he's the arts and entertainment editor for the Questonian. what's your twitter handle you got you got a second one by the way adam so adam yeah. made a second twitter account that's like a professional twitter account <laughs> i think you should have just stuck with one that's my opinion but you do what you got to do um so what do you want to promote on the show today what how can people follow you on twitter
2: um you know, I can, I can just throw both of them out there. Um, one of them, yeah, is more professional. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it in the future. It's just uh, twitter.com slash Adam J. schoolie. The last name's spelled S-C-H-O-O-L-E-Y like school with E-Y at the end. Um, and then the other one I've been using for a while now and a little bit more established on uh, is um, Inkling, I-N-K-K-L-I-N-G. Uh, so yeah, you can find, find me on both of those uh, handles.
3: And what I'd recommend, Adam, with those two Twitter accounts, is use one to constantly like the other one. Use one to retweet the other one. So, at a minimum, yeah. from an optics perspective, it looks like you have someone constantly like digging your stuff. Uh, yeah. Believe me, I, I do. I have like twelve Twitter accounts, and I use like half of them sometimes just to just to spice things up with my other posts. It's a totally normal thing. So, you wrote a great column. Um, and Jerry, you're you're a slow local, so I'd love for you to to attest on on this on any of the the references that Adam, Adam makes here. Uh, you wrote a great column, and if you go to questonian.com, you could read it right there about all the fascinating film locations and uh, and story settings based in San Luis Obispo County, right? I mean, Citizen Kane would be mm-hmm. one of the most obvious ones. Um, but I guess first off, tell us about uh, like what stuck out to you when you're doing research on this story. Were there any surprises to you? In terms of movies that were either filmed here or that were set here?
2: Um, The first, I think, surprising thing was how many were filmed out in this location, Um, not just in San Luis Obispo, you know, city, but the county. Um, There was uh, a lot of things I didn't know about, you know, like the first one I wrote about was The Ten Commandments. Um, I didn't realize that had been uh, filmed two separate times. Um, there was the original one, I think, in the 30s, if I'm correct. And then they re, uh, redid it in the 50s, I think, if I'm remembering that. Yeah, 56 was the, the one that was filmed in the uh, Napomo Dunes. So that was, that was really cool to learn about.
0: Charlton Heston, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, Charlton Heston. And uh, the fact that they had a lot of the, um, the set still there, uh, and it's kind of like a historic location it was really interesting as well. Um, but yeah, there were maybe a hundred movies at least that you know I had a list of um, that was looking online and had to just narrow it down to like 10. So it's a big number of movies out here. It's really cool.
3: Yeah, Jerry, Jer- like what movies stick out to you, Jerry, in terms of like either being set and slow? I mean, again, Citizen Kane's an obvious there's, one.
0: There's been a um, few. I mean, yeah. when, I, when I was growing up, I mean, some of these movies, some of you guys don't even know, like My Blue Heaven with Steve Martin and Rick Moranis. I remember little- That time. was set here? Uh, It was set here at Tascadero in parts of San Diego. No shit. Pardon the first Are you talking show, about so which movie punch. was that? It's called My Blue Heaven. It, started, it came out like in 89 with Steve Martin and half okay. the movie was shot here. And Rick the, Moranis, with a, Rick the legendary
3: Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Yeah, I love that movie. I'm like the, one of the few people who really? did I i saw that movie like like 30 times when i was a kid i don't know why
0: it and was just, just uh, always
3: on and you have steve martin playing a mobster which made no sense at all but right. for some reason i liked it i cannot believe that whole film was said because it was set in like san diego right but you're it saying based they filmed in it- san
0: diego slash new york because i think he was going back and forth but it, half the sh- scenes were shot here um i remember seeing i remember meeting rick moranis and then in the oh, 90s it wow. was
3: really wait wait what tell us about that that's cool. Well, they were
0: they were here. I mean, they were here for many days. I remember seeing Steve Martin from a distance. Um, some of the locations that they shot at are, don't even exist anymore. But I remember going to see Rick Moranis because he was over. At the time, it was called Williams Brothers. Now it's uh, the grocery outlet. They were shooting a scene there and, you know, people hovering around. It was something, you know, new or cool for us. So we got to meet some celebrities. I mean, I knew him from Little Shop of Horrors and uh, Ghostbusters. So I knew who yeah. he was. And then other movies that I remember off the top of my head, I remember the 90s, Little Giants in Arroyo Grande that was mm-hmm. shot with uh, Al Bundy. What's Al Bundy's name? Uh,
3: Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Yeah, Ed O'Neill. Adam, Adam, you Andrew mentioned Grant. that, right? You, yeah, you mentioned that ones. movie in your...
2: Yeah, and they did, uh, I think most of that was filmed out in AG. I'm pretty AG. sure a lot of the scenes out there, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then I'm not a... sure
2: where it was supposed to take place, but um, yeah, AG was right. where most of it was. To be honest, those...
0: I've never seen it. And then in the 90s, there's was a Lindsay <laughs> Lohan movie. Uh-huh. So,
3: okay. su- such a subtle dig. I didn't see it. So, anyways, uh was and too Lindsay Lohan. for that
0: time. Um, <laughs> I was watching Basic Instinct while everybody else was watching Little Giants. Oh, okay um, now. But uh I remember, you know, like I said, there was a Lindsay Lohan movie. There was a sandra Bullock movie, Murder by Numbers. I was shot here mm-hmm. in Los Osos. And then like I said, there was Lindsey Lohan, there was a Keanu Reeves movie with uh um that winery one, right? It was a winery Um, one that was shot at the airport. That was like within the last three, four years. And then then there's Pirates of the Caribbean out in Oceano.
3: Adam mentioned Mm -hmm. that too.
0: Okay, And then then this is a non-Slow County one, even though they mentioned it throughout the movie, was Sideways in 2004, which I was an extra in. That was shot in Santa Barbara, Santa Maria. They mentioned Cal Poly. You never
3: mentioned that. That's in the intro of
0: our show, That's man. Cool. That, that, that little clip. that well, Cyrus, we've only done like five episodes.
3: That's true. I know, spanning <laughs> spanning like two and a half years. But yeah, yeah, you're right. We've only done like a handful of episodes. That's crazy. Oh yeah, it was Sideways is not one. Uh, did you? I don't think you mentioned that one in your article, uh, Adam. Did you?
2: No, I didn't. I think, uh, yeah, it was a, Santa Barbara I, County. I, yeah, I, I don't think I mentioned the Keanu Reeves one. That was one I was going to put in there, but I had enough already. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. What other ones? I'm curious to know which ones. Those are just off the top of my head while I've been The ones that,
2: yeah, the ones I had was, let me see, The Ten Commandments, we had a Mice and Men. Uh, which one? I
0: know there's two versions, or I think uh, there's three versions.
2: The 30s, no, that's the novel, um, uh, 1939. So it was okay. a couple years after the, the okay. book came out, I guess.
0: Because there was one that uh, came pe- out in the 90s and 80s with Gary
2: Sinise. Okay, yeah.
0: Correct, yeah. yeah.
3: And John Malkovich playing, playing uh, Lenny. uh
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, let's see we had Pete's Dragon out in uh, Montana de Oro in Los Osos area. Uh, they actually built I guess a lighthouse, a makeshift lighthouse out in this area to film that, which was interesting. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Commando was shot with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really? Yeah, that was a uh, Where was that? That was at Hearst Memorial State Beach. Okay. Yeah, see, Adam, yeah. now you're
3: warming now you're warming us old guys' cockles by mentioning Commando because <laughs> that was like our <laughs> our movie Anderson when we were kids. and, and Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> and ray <Dong> chong
3: <laughs> the legendary ray Dong chong yes uh, you know who her father uh, is right
0: no tommy chong i or did Chich- not know that Ch- uh Chichen chong yeah that's her dad. that is oh. an amazing stoner
3: logic jerry. jerry that's <laughs> beautiful stoner knowledge right there wow okay i that's i love learning new things thank you sir <laughs> and then yeah, arachophobia. Uh, i didn't know that was oh, yeah, i don't know right. that was Cambria, future-year.
2: right that was in mm-hmm. cambria, cambria. Yeah, I think uh, I think the buildings that they used um, aren't there anymore. Maybe they're just older buildings at the time, so I'm not sure if they still have them on the on the property. But um, a couple of like the the barns and stuff, I think they used for arachnophobia. That movie,
0: that movie is the worst ah! <laughs> because <'cause> you don't <laughs> like spiders. though why? I, I mean, the whole movie is like these spiders creeping out of just anywhere, and you yeah you can't you know if you're sitting on the couch wherever you're sitting, you feel something move. Oh, mm-hmm. automatically think it's a you know whatever that was in Sorry. cambria
5: right cambria correct yeah. yeah yeah
2: and then they could never sell that house after they filmed a the movie is that true oh,
5: oh interesting I I know. I
3: heard. <laughs> <laughs> they just couldn't get rid of all the
5: spiders <laughs> that's amazing
3: well i know adam adam you gotta run um but again you can read all of adam's columns uh, by going to questonian.com his author page there has a link to your personal profile page anything else you want to promote before we let you go
2: um no i think that's it really yeah thank you so much for letting me speak and talk about that article it was it was yeah. fun writing it
3: it was really fun it's a great article to read and adam's going to produce some some more content um again go to quistonian.com adam a pleasure man and uh i'm guessing you're, yeah, you're you. going to come back next semester so we'll bring you on again soon okay yeah for sure thank all you. right man take care and that, that's uh adam schooley um who is anyone to rush here like like uh, does anyone have to okay let's you know let's, let's shift gears um daniel daniel berg is going to join us now you is your twitter account it, actually uh open for people to look at now is it, a- it
1: if 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 i'm if i've done it correctly yeah i'm not a social media uh wizard by any means but it's my name daniel berg b-u-r-g 1957
3: Oh, and is that the year that your grandparents were born? Is that what you picked
1: 1957? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
3: Okay. All right. So I'm a, I'm
1: a returning student. So I,
3: got you. No, I actually have so much respect for that. Um, Daniel is the managing editor of the Questonian. So he is second in command. He makes sure all the content that's being uh, published and produced um, is a professional quality. Um, one, you know, one thing, Daniel, that, that sticks out to me is, is uh, you publish your content on a secondary platform. What is that? Because Medium is a great publishing platform, in my opinion, for um, aspiring citizen journalists, uh, people who love to blog and produce their content for anyone to see, uh, for a very user-friendly platform. You use another one. Uh, g- uh, tell people about that, like how people can get involved in producing stories themselves.
1: Sure. And just so you mentioned it, I actually have a couple drafts up on Medium as well. Uh, but yet to publish anything there. The other one uh, that I use, though, is Newsbreak. And their mission is to produce local stories. So they retweet a lot of stuff, or they republish a lot of stuff there. But um, uh, we were able to get a story that was breaking news on the Questonian, That was about a student death. And uh, they picked it up on Newsbreak as well. And, uh, and anyone who wants to produce local stories, that's what they're trying to do. So it's, it's in a way, I know we talked a little about media literacy and the things we've learned here, you know, there is a, a, a need for local journalism for all the reasons that you explained, keeping uh, politicians on the straight and narrow, that sort of thing, but also mm-hmm. just, you know, letting people feel community. And so that's a that's a resource that's out there. It's called newsbreak.com. Anyone can apply to be a writer. I think they do have some sort of uh, process to get you to onboard you.
3: Oh, that's interesting. Wow. So they don't just take anyone. That's there's some exclusivity there. There's a little graphic toss there. Little
1: Yeah, except they took me. So we're Uh, (laughs) bars pretty low.
3: That's funny. Um, yeah, Jerry, and Jerry works for KSBY, a, a solid news producer here in the Central Coast. i um, a news producer.
0: Or you I mean they they produce news? you I mean,
3: well, they produce news, but you're Correct. you're a producer as part of that organization. I know technically you're more of like a, a, a technical operator. Out of, what, what, I don't know what's your title.
0: I'm not a producer, just so if anybody calls me out, um, I do work closely <laughs> with news. I just don't, you know, uh, I'm in mass control, making sure our programming and, and kind of like on the engineering side that our programming is up and running on the air and a lot of other technical stuff. But I, I do work hand in hand with the news department. That is true.
3: Gotcha. Yeah. Daniel talked to, just mentioned a moment ago. Yeah. A student athlete at Cuesta college here. I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, she, I think she was like 18 or 19 Played for the water polo team um, unexpectedly passed away. Daniel was, was one of two journalists who, who covered the initial story there reporting her passing um, and then in the coming weeks, we're gonna have our sports editor hopefully follow up to reveal the cause of death for that. One interesting uh, aspect, Daniel, you mentioned is that the story you published on this on that other uh, website you work for. What's it called? Newsbreak, is that right?
1: Newsbreak, correct. Newsbreak.
3: Yep. The the traffic numbers were like astronomical there, uh, and and blew away the traffic numbers at the Questonian where the story originally broke, which was kind of fascinating to me. Why do you think that is?
1: You know, I think uh, you you had it right when you said that. I think they just have more view viewers, and they probably have algorithms that run and and you know re promote that story. So um, we're not that sophisticated. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we're just a lowly simple community college publication. And yeah, well, that is that deaths, is true.
0: Deaths will always strike uh, spike numbers too. You know, like who died, why they died, especially now in the last year and a half. Everybody's curious why a person died, right? you know exactly covid related or or not
3: yeah we're still trying to find that out jerry but yeah uh jerry daniel was one of two journalists who broke that story um we were the first that i I, I honestly still don't know if anyone else in the community has has done any reports on that when did this Um, happen by the way about two months ago right
1: yeah september 25 was the date of death
3: yeah it's almost two months ago now yeah and see even jerry you didn't know about this right
0: i probably did and just I mean, hate to sound cruel, but probably just kind of moved on. Maybe I I mean, I mean, with news, so many days things blur. So, and unfortunately, sometimes I've noticed in the past or even currently, sometimes there's never good follow-ups. You know, Mm. a story will happen one day, and then something happens tomorrow, and then you know, the further you get away from it, you know, people forget. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm curious to know what what the story is. You know, everybody's gonna be curious why. How old was she? 18. She was very Connected.
2: young. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, I'm curious to know. And we probably did do a story, and I and, and honestly, I, I don't read every story or listen to every story. So I, don't I don't think
3: know. you did because I because when you Google her name, like we remain one of the only sources of information reporting that 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 uh, this tragic passing. Um, I'll go ask
0: today, I'll go ask about it today. And see that's one, and
3: and and if you do bring it up, Jerry, with your with your award winning journalist at KSBY, I mentioned who broke the story, and so that maybe maybe Daniel Tom Brocco. <laughs> Tom Broca, yes, Tom Broca, who retired on the Central Coast. Um, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. honestly, like, if I, I go, I Googled her name, and the only the only two stories that have reported it are Quistonian.com and Newsbreak.com, meaning Daniel Berg is the only reporter who's covered the story along with uh, uh, Marty Pacino assisting. Um, so, yeah, bring it up, man. Get, get the yeah, Questonian
0: some love. It's unfortunate because, I mean, I think you've experienced this too, Cyrus. You know, Quest has always been, like, the bastard child to Cal Poly. I know, you know a student if a student, bitches, if a student yeah. dies on Cal Poly's campus we we're definitely it's breaking news right and so i'm like i said i'll look into it today see what i can find but yeah if some you know i think we had a couple of Cal Poly students within the last 6 months die and you know that definitely gets you know big coverage
3: mm-hmm. i know we are the we are the bastard stepchild as you uh, as you labeled Cuesta College, yes, compared to Cal Poly. Um, Daniel, what are your... What are not, your I just want to make it
0: clear, that's, that's yeah. not a knock on Cuesta. That's just, you know, big dog, little dog. Perceptions,
3: situation. yes. no, and, and, it, and, it's, and I think it's an honest perception. It is how most people at Cuesta feel. It's like, it's it's. Uh, I feel like Cal Poly gets a lot of unjust attention. I, that's my opinion. I think Cuesta provides just as good of an educational experience. Um, a lot of the faculty Absolutely. at Cuesta also teach at Cal Poly. Um, Former alums. Former alums, yeah, Jerry and I were both part of this, the Quest to College program in the late 90s, absolutely, and the beginning of the 2000s. Um, so Daniel, what are your future plans, man? You're going you're gonna to be coming back to the Questonian in the spring. Uh, and then what are your long-term goals? Like, uh, it, We'll finish up there. Like, what are, what are you hoping to do, man? What are your big plans?
1: Yeah, so I'm getting ready to retire. I mentioned I'm a returning student, so i give you an idea of how old I am. And uh, my wife and I are headed to Europe, where a couple of our kids are already. And uh, we, or I, I guess I more accurately, my wife does sometimes assist me with story. uh, But we're going to shoot video of people uh, and the storyline is, um, you know, why are you an expat? So there's a big expat community. There's about a million uh, citizens of the United States that live permanently out of the United States. That's what we're going to be part of. So we want to tell that story and specifically answer that question. Why are you an expat?
3: A million sounds low. I feel like the number should be way high. Is it really just a million?
1: Well, that's the stat that you see if you Google it up, but I, I think you're, I think it's low as well.
3: Yeah. I, th- I, I mean, I've traveled a lot and I feel like I've met so many expats just on my own personal. I mean, this is all anecdotal. So maybe a million is accurate, but uh, yeah, well, I, good luck. I, sorry. Yeah.
1: yeah. Sorry. I was just going to indict that. I think because of the digital nomad phenomena now that that number is going to increase rapidly and the age, the median age is also going to drop.
0: Where are you
1: moving Yeah, to? I would. Oh, uh, initially, probably Spain, northwestern mm. Spain,
0: mm. Uh, like San Sebastian. Oh, uh, that's...
1: yeah, near we we need to be near the water. So nah. San Very Sebastian similar. is
3: one of my favorite places in the world. It I is northwestern, a...
0: so I'm thinking maybe Granada.
1: Well, and... no northwestern would be San Sebastian or okay. Bilbao is actually no, the San
3: Sebastian's San Sebastian's northeast, isn't it? The it's more central, yeah. The northwest would be more closer to the port. Is it Portugal actually? Yeah, technically it's near. North? Okay,
1: right, San Sebastian. If I'm not mistaken, maybe I have the town wrong, but I think it's a coastal town. There is, it of- is coastal.
3: It is coastal, but it's over near the the French border. It's like near uh, Damascus right. and uh, the Basque country, right? Um, which would be exactly. Western France, but Eastern Spain. Um, but it's a weird. It's also a weird little cove. That is. It's. It's a beautiful place, man. Oh my god, good for you. Yeah. That's
1: and some some big waves
3: it can be it can yeah. be yeah yeah it is crazy all right man i'm gonna let you go daniel thank you so much and uh again you're coming back in the next semester so um we'll have you on again hopefully if you're interested
4: yeah you.
1: absolutely pleasure thanks for the opportunity
3: yeah daniel Bye-bye. and uh, by daniel take care that's daniel bye. berger managing editor um andrew bateman sky i'm so sorry to make you last but not least i promise uh, we'll get to, we'll, we'll we'll finish up with you um andrew bateman is the food editor for uh the questonian jerry you and i love food um, How get I love
0: this, this felt figure without food.
3: Well, I—that's not that was not the point I was making, but I was just saying, <laughs> just you know, just enjoying when your taste buds just get excited for various reasons. If food is a, a huge part of that. Um, but your but your focus of your stories, Andrea, has been on food safety. Uh, I guess first question, like, I here's my first question. We're, we're in a pandemic. I don't know if you can answer this or not. How safe is the food I bring home? In your opinion like from the grocery store, like, is like, do we still need to wipe things down? Is it like, if I put food that someone with COVID has touched into my mouth, am I screwed? Um, I had a huge anxiety issues about this for, for almost a year uh, mm-hmm. before I was able to, I lost a lot of weight because of this. I mean, I was dealing with a lot of psychological issues when this when this pandemic was going down for a while. Um, how safe is the food? Do you know? I mean, is, is, are, is I your guess as good as mine? I
5: think there's some simple things that we can do to keep safe, like, when, when you are shopping maybe discard those bags that you know that if you have any plastic bags get rid of those don't try to reuse them you know um, ecologically and um, and I think how, how safe is the food? I think a lot of it and it had to do with the shopping you know uh, you shop, you avoid cross-contamination you bring it to your house and then you you know you wash your vegetables with vinegar you know you wash your hands first, of course. Yeah, if you use a vinegar and water solution, that can really uh, cut down on a lot of bacteria. So that's worth doing, for sure. I do that what, all the time.
3: But what about the flavor? So so does it affect the flavor? It doesn't, doesn't affect the flavor at all. White vinegar.
5: White vinegar. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: G- Jerry, did you know that? I had no idea. Well, I, it's, always a
5: good, I, it's, a, it's a natural sanitizer.
0: Right. I'm aware of vinegar being a good sanitizer. But as far as you say, washing food, I'm assuming fruits and vegetables, right? Is that- Fruits and vegetables, right? right. right. Yeah.
5: That's and uh, but i think but the other thing too again i go back into the shopping like say you're at trader joe's and you pick up a, a packet of chicken and it has a leak in it you don't buy that anything mm. that's leaking out it could be and then you put it in your basket on top of your bag of apples and you're going to be in trouble you know you, you so- could risk uh contamination
3: so I do most of my poultry shopping at Costco, for example, right? Because they, they usually have a lot of organic um, produce and they deliver with like Instacart, for example. So I don't have to deal with all those crazy crowds. But sometimes those chicken bags do leak. So are you telling me that if, if there's a leak, is the entire package contaminated? Should I throw the whole thing away?
5: If, it's a, if there is actually a tear that's causing the leak, I would say absolutely. If there's just residual leakage underneath, that's okay, as long as it's not going to get on anything else in your basket. That's what you have to be careful
3: too. Sky, what are you eating these days? You're a college student. Uh, you know, I, I have no, I've, when I was a student your age, I don't, I'm not going to ask how old you are unless you're, you're just totally okay with sharing that. But when I was a college student, like Jerry and I, when we were both kids going to Cuesta, my diet was garbage. Like I would eat burritos a lot. Uh what was the place you and I would eat mostly, Jerry? Like the burrito place. Was it Roberto's or was it? A- no, it was Back it Roberto. in Roberto's
0: day it was called TAs, also known as Yeah,
3: T U Alberto's. Oh, those burritos were amazing. Yeah. I gained so much weight eating those things like every night of my life. Um every night I had like a TA burrito. Is T Alberto still around and slow?
0: No, they closed down about gosh, maybe seven, ten years ago. Um, I mean, they were the they were the number one spot downtown. I mean, that was the place to go to, especially yeah. on, a, on a weekend. You know, when you got a case of the munchies, drunk. That's that was the spot. And I don't know why they closed. Because I mean, if you ask me, as far as business wise, I mean, they were booming. I mean, yeah. But I I don't know why they eventually closed down. I know they try to convert themselves into like a, a burrito wagon, burrito truck type of a thing. But I think that only lasted like a year or two, maybe max. So I, uh, I have no well- idea.
3: Well, my whole point is that when, I was, when we were young, I ate like shit. Uh, Sky, what are you eating these days? What are kids your generation consuming for, for diet?
4: You know what? Um, definitely like my first year or two out of the house with the parents, uh, it was like a culture shock and kind of slow, especially because there's no drive throughs and I'm a lazy oh, yeah. college student. So like, honestly, <laughs> like I wouldn't even go. I lost a bunch of weight coming here too. And then I hit a point where I was like, okay, I actually need to learn how to cook for myself. Um, cause in the household, you know, I had, uh, the mom make the meals for me. I was spoiled. Not going to lie. Right. So we all were. Yeah. I,
3: for most of us. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So I'm a real big, like eat at her home type of person so if anything actually I'm probably not the right person to ask because I'm eating honestly really good I that's eat commendable.
3: <laughs> that's commendable yeah. yeah you're right that's not what most college kids are doing so, so what What do you and Andrea's smiling like she's proud of you what so what do you typically uh what do you typically cook in like what's what's your like last night what you have for dinner for example
4: so last night I made a chicken uh, marsala uh, with a mushroom wow. sauce some mashed potatoes, wow. and then I made <laughs> some sourdough bread with like a pesto drizzle and some goat cheese on it. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, yeah, and like it's so easy. Like, that's what I wish college students to actually realize is like all you need are the ingredients, and once you have those good ingredients in your pantry, you can just whip out almost anything. But I guess like uh, we have to start somewhere, and so man, but like when I like my friends come over and they see my pantry and my breads, they're like what and I was like no just one trip to Trader Joe's sprouts and boom and honestly it's not as expensive as people think that it is like it's right. it's really just about like getting yourself there and like seeing and like being really open-minded because like college students we want taco Bell, we want something easy and fast so we can go back and do <laughs> our homework yeah. so like yeah. totally and I cheat too you know like I'm a big taco Bell. I get McDonald's too but like for the most part like I don't know there's something about eating at home and I feel better too
3: That's incredible. I
1: have
0: a question. Um, Going back to Andrea real quick, as far as, so you focus on food. Did you talk about also as far as like, I know, especially during the pre-pandemic, it was very popular to go to a grocery store with your own reusable bag. And I feel, I think they, a lot of stores stopped doing that during the whole pandemic because I guess people are starting to realize, and I think you kind of touched on it. When you constantly reuse the same bag, you're bringing it from the store, putting it on your table or on your counter. And then you just throw it somewhere, whether you throw it under the sink, then you go back to the store, use that same bag. That bag has nice. never been sanitized, right? It's never right. been sanitized. Yeah,
5: that's a mistake.
0: Yeah, so what, what, what did you find? I think they were saying that there was incl- increases of the flu and they couldn't figure out why. And they thought that maybe it was because of uh, the reusable bags. And then now with COVID, I think I, I think, because I go to Trader Joe's and I believe they started allowing reusable bags, if I'm not mistaken.
5: Well, they stopped the plastic bags quite a while ago, California, as far as passing it. A lot of places don't even offer those. You have to bring your own bag, right? Right. So you, you kind of have to be responsible for keeping those clean, keeping them, you know, not using it over and over again, especially if you're going to put it on the ground, set it on the uh, ground and set it on your counter and, you know, all those kinds of things. And then um, maybe what's inside the bag hasn't really been cleaned off yet or prepared. So you want to put those over to the side and just wash them,
0: you know. And I don't so think a lot the, of us seems- realize what we what our what our workflow is, right? When we go to the grocery store, we just put how much germs. I know Cyrus, you're a germaphobe. I'm getting better,
3: but I still am. Yeah, I, I wasn't that. I was. It was nothing serious until this pandemic, and then it was just a confluence of five different ridiculously horrible things happening once to me that just broke my brain for a little while. Yeah, and I just my germophobia was at a really unhealthy level. I couldn't touch anything for a long time. But look, in my defense, when this whole thing first started, all the advisories were. Don't touch anything. This stuff lives on services. So I actually took it seriously, you know, and I drove myself crazy for a while doing that. I'm not nearly as bad now. I still have to wash my hands, but
5: just an um, avid hand washer, which you have to become. Exactly. I,
3: I'm an avid hand washer and then yeah. So um, so I guess the recommendation would be buy bags so you can throw in the washer and dryer, right? I mean, yeah. the, I know those yeah. exist. So just, you know, big get, buy a few of those and then put them in the laundry basket once you're done Basically and then wash psycho. them. In- mm-hmm. There you go. Um, Andrea, how can people follow you on Twitter? And um, and then my final question for you, if you don't mind answering is, uh, for college students who are, who are impoverished or who don't have a lot of money and don't have a lot of resources, um, does Questa College provide a resource for food?
5: Actually, yes, it's called the food bank. The, uh, the distribution is actually monthly and it's today. It's from uh, three to five in parking lot three at the San Luis Obispo um, campus and lot 11 on the North County. And um, so there are also several programs uh, that provide um, different types of food and uh, an ATM card, CalFresh is one of them. Um, then there's the Slow Food, um, Slow Food Bank. Um, so programs like the Cougar Food Pantry is another one.
3: So there are ways
5: for students to take advantage of Either low cost or free food, right,
3: at in and, and in our area. See Jerry, so you don't, you don't have to starve anymore, buddy. It's okay. You got it. You got. To <laughs> you. I'm free. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and Andrea, how can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, you could read her stories uh, about food at questonian.com. Are you coming back in the spring? By the way, are you going to continue on?
5: Are you asking? You're asking me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm undecided. Okay. okay. Um, and um, actually today, today's registration day for me. So I have to make some oh. decisions.
3: Well, yeah. what's, what's going into that decision? Like what's, what's going to make you decide <laughs> if you come back or not?
5: Well, there's a couple of other, I don't want to take too many classes. There's a couple of other classes that I'm required to take.
3: <laughs> for, for what? For your, for your, what's your degree going to be in or what's your goal? So
5: it's journalism, but they're still required and I have to take I it see. at some point. Yeah. You
3: know, I see. I see. Computer science and history,
5: so I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Um, It's Andy Bateman. It's a capital A-N-D-I capital B-A-T-E-M-A-N at Andrea Bateman 22.
3: Andrea Bateman 22 is where you can follow Mm -hmm. her. She tweets her stories. You can go to quistonian.com to read them. And Andrea, I do hope you come back in the spring. Um, You've been producing some great content for us and yeah, and I hope you continue on. And if not, it's been a pleasure. But you still have some more stories coming before. Uh, and Andrea, by the way, uh, Jerry broke her your finger, your hand. Uh, maybe you can specify specifically the injury. Walking her dog. What a oh, what no. a brutal injury that is. Because here's your baby hurting you. So on one <laughs> hand, you're like you damn mother effer, but on the other hand, you're like, but you're my baby. So even though I'm I'm I have this cast <laughs> okay. on my hand, yeah, I still have to love you. I still have to love you. As I look at my, dog, I don't know where my dog went. Um, but I don't know where my dog went. My dog off <laughs> on me. Anyways, um, Andrea, thank you so much, and I do hope you come back. Uh, you, you've been a great part of the Questonian this semester, and and um, and thank you for everything, and thanks for coming on.
5: Okay, thank you. Yeah, Bye everyone.
3: Later. later, Andrea. And then, last but not least, the uh, Sky Bedencourt. So, Sky Jerry is is the is the, what's your official title? Is a graphics and layout editor? What's... Yeah,
4: I, I guess technically layouts and graphics. Editor, Lanson, yeah.
3: graphics editor. She's insanely talented when it comes to graphics. How does one become a talented graphic artist like you?
4: Oh, man, let me tell you. Okay, well, it all started with a, a failed computer science major. So mm. uh, I, I knew I wanted to be in the, you know, the tech industry and needed to be doing something with like something. And uh, so I failed out three times. And that was my like, you know third time's the charm. So I was like, what else can I actually do? So I was like Googling day and night. Web page development was like definitely like that's what my end game is, is web page development. Then I started getting more deep into like user experience design and just like kind of like doing so much research. or one one I would up to like 2 or 3 a.m. And uh, I was like, you know what? OK, I'm going to veer off computer science and I am actually going to start. Taking some graphic design, some Photoshop, some like other stuff to kind of help with my web page development um, goal. So I started off taking like Photoshop and user experience design classes at Cuesta. and I just like fell in love. I loved it so much, and I just like continue doing it. And um, I finished all like the Adobe classes, and Adobe is just an amazing program. You can do pretty much anything that you can imagine and you just keep learning more and more every single day so i'm still learning so much even with that poster like the admin poster like they're little things but they're huge things and so um i think i just yeah fell in love with adobe and took it from there and nice. yeah i'm just investing a lot of time and energy last night I stood up till 3 a.m uh finishing the, <laughs> the poster for class wow but like yeah like once like you get that creative edge and last week I mentioned that you know I was going through a little like fart, like a brain fart with like any type of art. I was like could not get anything out of me. And then last night I was like, oh my gosh, I feel it coming. And so I just kept going, going, going. And hey, finished project.
3: Nice. So, so, so you yeah. experienced writer's block, but on on an artistic level.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. That's
3: fascinating. Wow, Jerry. Are you good, Jerry? With the uh, with are you an artist yourself, Jerry? Like can you create art on your own, visually?
0: Well, I do photography. So I do know what she's talking about, about as far as like Adobe, because I do Lightroom and Photoshop. And Nice. And the possibilities are endless to the point mm-hmm. where it's kind of like, you know, when you have a cable, you have too many options, right? That you don't know where to start or where to begin from. Um, I was going to ask her, do you work better under pressure? Like, okay, I got a deadline and it's tomorrow. I better get on it now. Or uh, how does what? your creativity work?
4: You know what? That is like, one of the main yeah procrastination is uh, oh god it just so sucks me like um so honestly yeah when the deadlines come but it's hard because sometimes the pressure is so much that my brain just like completely goes like done like it's blank and there's absolutely nothing left of me and like there's some days where yeah I have to turn in projects later I have to I'm like late but like it's like my art, my name on it. So I'd rather be late and mm-hmm. then turn in something that's just like unacceptable. I don't want my name on that. So like, right. honestly, yeah, like the date, like that pressure, it definitely helps to a certain extent. And then after that extent, it's just like game over. Um, I'm oh. done. Can't even look at you anymore, actually. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> I'm I mean, like
4: rethinking my whole career.
0: <laughs> right, art, I mean, if you wanna, I guess, use the laws of art, being an artist, it's all about rule breaking, which means that there are no rules, there's no timelines, right? Theoretically, there's exactly. no you know, you get to create what you gotta create and you know when you make it, you make it. And yeah, when you're dealing, I guess, with the real world of like deadlines, it does kind of like, you know, that's where the roads meet on how to create something.
4: Yes, yes. And like last night actually, that's kind of something that pressured me because I knew I had class today and I was just like, No, dude, like I have to get something out like to start somewhere. So I just started doing a bunch of research on different types of posters, layouts, uh, all that stuff. And then I was like, okay, wow, I actually feel like inspired right now. And I took that and I led with it and I sent it in this morning and um, I feel like honestly really good about it too. And I'm glad that I kind of had that like writer's artist block because I think that this work was like a lot more clean and better than like the work that I had turned in before.
3: Incredible yeah jerry if you actually see the work she's producing i'm blown away it's uh she i she's like her like her projects she's working on is a lot of it is updating logos that previous students have, have produced and i used to think for those were good and then i'm seeing for the nice. correct yeah and then i'm seeing her work and i'm like oh my god like there are levels to this and <laughs> she is she is break breaching you know the 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 ceiling in terms of of progress and, and of improvement and of work and I'm very impressed, Sky. Um, I can never come close to doing what you do. So, so mad props. Um, what do you hope to, what is your like, like dream goal? Like, what do you hope to do? Like, when are you going to, tra- do you hope to transfer to Cal Poly eventually? Or do like, what's your, what's your uh, undergraduate goal? And then what's your career goal?
4: Yeah. So, um, I applied to Cal Poly to their graphic communications, which I really, really love their program because a lot of other programs just kind of offer the graphic design aspect. But that communication that, Cal Poly's offering, like it's just something that I want to specifically like study. Like I want to work with people. I want to like know how to work with people and like groups and teams and all that stuff. And I know that Cal Poly has that program ready. And they also have like a user experience and unit interface um, uh, like classes that you can take too, which I'm honestly really interested in. And I really wanna go towards more like the science version of graphic design because they mm. there there really is like well, with user experience like it's all analytics and statistics and oh like do they look here like left right in the middle of the page like it's just yeah so cal poly has a wonderful program for that and i've had a couple friends take that but i also applied to san diego and fullerton mm. which are other good options as well for that's, graphic my, that's design. my alma mater
3: that's my alma mater ascetics yeah. for life baby <laughs> Hey, That's yeah, choice,
4: and yeah. not bad area either so hey no, can't complain no,
3: no heck <laughs> no you picked two amazing spots to, to set your goals for and i could see that you're both brained I, I it's it's unique where you have you the computer science background um i kind of feel you because my mom's side of the family is very mathematic-based very stem-based and then my dad's side of the family is just artists um, so I kind of feel both the struggle sometimes within me, but, uh, yeah, you definitely seem to have that. And and it's a recipe for success. I see great things uh, coming for you, Sky. And thanks for all the great work. Anything you want to promote? Do you have a website people you want people to check out or any, I know you're not really much on Twitter, but any social media promote away. What what would you like people to know about you? Sky? You know
4: what? I would love, love to connect on LinkedIn. So like you Damn. Can get a, you know, hold on me. My uh, LinkedIn is at sky Bencourt, sky S K Y E bettencourt b-e-t-t-e-n court so yeah i love to connect get some some uh projects going i love doing freelance stuff i'm always always doing projects so um yeah i'm even getting a project going for my coworker right now He's starting a business on his own so i'm getting a logo going and i'm always inside projects so linkedin is definitely my my place to go
3: love it thank you so much
4: yeah thank you guys for having me
3: yeah, that was a pleasure. All right, I'll see you Thursday. I'll see you soon, and we're, and we're recording this on Tuesday, November sixteenth, uh, just in case people are wondering. Because I know Andrea mentioned the, I forgot to follow up with that. She mentioned the food, food bank work, being yeah. open today, but when people are listening to this, it, today is Tuesday, November sixteenth. Um, so I don't know what the exact days are that the food banks open. But Skye, thank you so much. I'll see you in a couple of days. Um, are you coming back in the spring, or are we going to lose you? I hope not. Oh. But I...
4: I'm definitely coming back. Yes, all right. Yeah. Good, good. We're Without a, a doubt. You. I love it. I actually love this class. Like I, it feels like a job. You. I mean I'm not paying, but hey, I can't complain. I know, I know. I'm getting well, some depend- projects and portfolios out.
0: Well, editor. F- yeah. I'm well, sorry to say when it comes Don't. to art, it's going to take a long time before you get paid. <laughs> exactly.
4: <So. laughs> but she's oh, got the computer yeah, science but you've got the
0: that. computer
3: science angle. So I think she's she's gonna be one of those that actually does find a way to make money off this. I i am confident, but uh Cross
4: my fingers.
3: All right, Sky, thank you so much.
4: Yeah, of course. Bye, Jerry. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. Take care.
3: Yeah. Beautiful. And that's Sky Ben Cord. Jerry, man. Uh, what's going on with your Lakers, buddy? Just uh, oh. le- let it all out, dude. I don't think things are as bad as as the media is making out. Just because so many people do hate on the Lakers. Um, I, you know, I. What are your thoughts as someone who's a diehard fan?
0: Obviously disgruntled, but but at the same time, you can't. It's not surprising when you mix all these people, these alphas, you know guys that were the, the main go-to guys on their own respective teams, you know, Russell Westbrook coming from OKC, he was the man. Um, Anthony Davis in New Orleans was the man and LeBron everywhere he's been, he's been the man. Mm-hmm. And it's shown time and time again that, you know, you can't bring five Hall of Carmelo Anthony going back to Carmelo yeah. at one point was the man on his team. So you got a, a lot of egos. You have to check a lot of talent. You have to check. And my biggest frustration is I knew there was going to be a learning curve that, you know, it, it happens. What is frustrating me is uh, Russell Westbrook. And, you know, i talked to my cousins a lot about this. And it's like, he theoretically has the easiest job. I know, I, know, I know a couple of guys are hurt with LeBron, but theoretically think about this. You're bringing up the ball. You got, wow, I got LeBron James over here. I got Carmelo Anthony over there. Mm-hmm. I got Anthony Davis down in the post mm-hmm. and then whoever number four is, whatever. Who,
3: well, well, no. who's number five? I guess I'm curious to know, first
0: of all, cause so you're in a revolving you, door of, of starting lineups. Kent in your opinion,
3: who should be that fifth guy? Fuck Baysmore. Baysmore sucks. Like who should be that fifth guy along with the four hall of famers? Is so, it Kendrick Nunn? If he comes back, is it? Tor,
2: uh, uh, well, Malik Mark went
0: off the other night and I- I'm hoping he'll be like a Lou Williams type of uh, player. Yeah. But it, it really doesn't matter, though, too, Cyrus, because, I mean, like I said, even if you're coming down the court with LeBron and AD, all those guys are just bonuses, right? So, mm-hmm. so theoretically, Russell Westbrook, he constantly makes himself the one, number one option when he doesn't have to be. It's like you got the easiest. you got You got the all-star team. You got a dream team that you don't have to slash all the time. You don't have to run a, a fast break. You don't have to outrun the offense or the defense where like, I see him coming up the court and the guys are still barely at midcourt. It's not because they're lazy. It's that sometimes you see these guys that just outrun yes. the play or whatever, the fast break. And you're just like, hold, hold up, man. You know, it's a 24 second shot clock. You know, you do have time to slow it down a couple of seconds. Like, okay, let's get our bearings and see what's going on. And with Russell, he's hundred miles an hour, hundred miles an hour. And I guess it's better in life to have to slow a guy down than to have to speed a guy up, right? But it's like you're at the age of, I think he's what, 33 now, 32, 33? Somewhere around there, yeah. He's now on the, it's hard to say he's on the decline because his skills are still there. But what I'm saying is like, theoretically, all those guys don't have to do much. All they have to do is be smarter, you know, right? They don't have to, you know, do windmill dunks. They don't have to do anything. All they have to do is just be smarter. And they're all at that age where smarts kick in more. And that's and that's my issues with the Lakers. And yeah, there's teams that <laughs> OKC who are un, who are defeated, right? And we lost to them twice within a week. Um, we lost to Chicago last night, which I wasn't surprised because I knew Chicago was going to be a good, fun, exciting team.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then we lost almost by 30 to uh, was it the Timberwolves on Friday night? Yeah, and that's and that's, yeah, and that's the- ridiculous. Stuff like that is ridiculous. And I know they're looking for a scapegoat, and I think it's Frank Vogel, which I think. He- I don't know if he's a good coach. Actually, I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. But I think the problem with Frank Vogel is he's not – he didn't come in to the Laker organization as a champion coach, right? So I think I'm, – I'm starting to believe that they don't have his respect. Oh, and oh, that's not good if that's true. Well, that I don't is know. This is, this is my speculation. This is not from what I've read. But I think the problem is, like, you know, even when he came on two years ago, everybody knew, okay, who's really coaching the team? Is it LeBron? It's
3: LeBron. Yeah, it's LeBron. Right. This is LeBron's team. Yeah,
0: exactly. So not only is it his team, but is is he the coach? And everybody knows, okay, he's the coach. So when you always have a player, not, not necessarily punking, but controlling the narrative of everything, you do have to sit back and realize, okay, what what is Frank Bogle? You know, is he just a <laughs> lame duck just sitting there, unfortunately? Because he, look, he brought a championship in his first year.
3: Yeah, he did. You know? Yes, he did.
0: So now you know you wonder is he like an eric spolster you know eric spolster yeah sure he won a couple of championships with you know dwayne wade and shaquille o'neal um and lebron also right oh no no he won he won three, won, he won, he won won three championships
3: and we want two with lebron and wade and the one with shack and wade shack so
0: was uh, pat riley
3: oh you're right oh no 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 yeah you're right oh my god i'm sorry yeah i no, don't yeah so spolster was part of that staff though i think right he was part of the staff okay so but there he was was still... issues too
0: when even though he was a two-time champion coach, you know, him and LeBron butted heads. And so I think as a player or as a team I guess you have to realize okay, who's running the show? There's got to be a guy on the bench, you know, with the with the you know, the with the board drawing up the plays and then there's got to be the guy who's the coach on the floor. And we all know that's LeBron. And yeah. um, so I'm hoping, you know, there's a sportscaster that I listen to all the time, he goes, "The deadline should be Christmas." Of what? For what? Just to know where the team is at.
3: Okay. All right. So a month from now, a little over a month from now,
0: because a month from now, now you're like a third of the way through. And then you should, hopefully by that time, things should start to click, you know, hopefully. And, and who knows? I mean, look, LeBron is out. Um, Trevor Reese is out. Taylor Horton Tucker just came back. He
3: just came back and he's huge for you guys. I really do believe that, but go ahead. Yeah.
0: So theoretically you have three squads, you know, the starting squad, the bench squad, and, you know, the scrub squad. But you really have potentially eight starters right there. And that's the problem when you have so many starters, right? Carmelo has embraced his six-man role, which he's been great at.
3: In all honesty, Carmelo is one of the few bright spots for your team this year so far. I mean, he's he's actually been... I feel like if there's the only player who seems to be a great fit... (laughs) Of this hodgepodge of new players you brought in is mellow. I mean, he's putting up a lot of big numbers. Look, man, and, here, I, thought, here, and I
0: thought he was gonna be the issue before West uh, Westbrook got there. I thought he was gonna be the issue.
3: Because defensively he still is an issue, but look here, here's a I, I, I can't believe I'm gonna actually talk about the Lakers in terms of trying to help them or being positive here. But look, your team is old as fuck. I mean, everyone <laughs> talked about that before the season started, and LeBron missing all these games is evidence of that, right? I mean, he's old, dude. He's fucking 37 years old now. Um, to me, like if Vogel wants to be a great coach and make this thing work, and I don't think this is going to happen, but this is what I feel like he has to do. He has to fucking look at Russell Westbrook and say, the only way we're going to win a championship this year, the only way we're going to succeed this year is if you give us 20 assists a game and stop caring about points and to a lesser extent, stop caring about rebounds because the rebounding numbers, he gets so many of these damn triple doubles because he always ends up defending the shittiest shooter on the team. On the opposing team, and then he just backs off and he leaves that guy open. That guy shoots the ball, and, and Russell is down at the post, ready for the rebound. That's how he gets all these rebounds. People right. don't realize this. He routinely covers the worst shooter, st- stays back from that shooter, gives him space so the shooter is tempted to shoot so he can get the rebounds. And he ends up getting over. 10 rebounds a game typically and averages a triple double for two years in the NBA. He has to stop doing that. They, they, he is actually, when he tries a, de- a decent defender, if mentally he's checked in, he's rarely checked in mentally defensively. That's a huge problem with him. But if I'm Bogle, I go to Westbrook and say, I only want assists from you. If you push the ball up, great. Make someone else fucking score. Make other people better. Stop caring about your own points. I think that's number one. And I think number two, they need to figure out who that fifth guy is. Uh DeAndre Jordan, I think, sucks. Um, I would not play him much anymore. I think Rayhan, I don't know why the fuck you guys are playing Rondo and Westbrook together. That is the worst combination of I'd guards. I'd rather have
0: Rondo start the point to be honest. With I, I
3: mean, I, I just don't put those two together. Like, the plus-minus right. when they're on the, the floor together is disastrous for you guys, and Vogel and still keeps doing it for some stupid-ass reason. Um, so, Trevor, if you you bring up Trevor Ariza, if you need Trevor Ariza, you guys are fucked. Like, I wouldn't even mention his name because he's a scrub. He's a 15th guy on your bench. You need Horton Tucker. You need Monk, um, and Kendrick Nunn I think was a huge part of your plans. You need that guy to start playing soon, and I think if you make those guys as involved more you have a shot of this but if westbrook thinks he's a fucking superstar still who can put up 27 points a game you're done you have no shot that's just my take on your lakers
0: so three points um there's a couple stats in the history of the nba that are very uh mis- misconceiving is that is that the word or miss uh misunderstood or misinterpreted okay. and then the third one was uh the problem with the nba now is that you got too many hybrids and what I mean by that, there's no traditional one, two, three, four, five. Which yeah, is yeah, Positionless basketball guard, now. Right, yeah. Short, uh, the one, for those who are listening, the one is a point, the shooting guard is a two, small forward is a three, power forward is four, and the center is a five. You got everybody playing slightly out of position. Russell Westbrook wants to be the one and two. LeBron wants to be one, two, and three, and occasionally yes. four. Yes. Anthony Davis, who's a center, wants to be a four and a three he doesn't uh, want to be a five it's it's and you know it's what fun. he's dominant when he's the five yes the but he doesn't want to do it thing. he's the most when he's staying within the four and the five range and within 10 to 12 feet of the basket he's Karl Malone yes he you is know, he's, he's,
3: dude, he's Giannis he's fucking yeah you have a Giannis on your team you do and it's
0: great that he has a good stroke and he can shoot for three but I don't want him to shoot from three yeah. <laughs> you know we got yeah. Carm- Carmelo for that so the two big misconceptions I, could, I think is the word I was looking for when it comes to stats in the NBA one, uh, if Michael Jordan scored more than 40 points, you're going to win, which was completely false. And they noticed that stats that anytime he scored more than a certain point, you knew it, it meant that he was doing everything and you can just let him shoot. He's not going to score a hundred points and everybody else is going to be shut out of the game. So it wasn't until Phil Jackson said, Hey, we need to bring you down, spread you out a little bit more and distribute the ball more and make it more of a team game. Right. Yeah. Obviously yeah. now the other counter to that is like, Whoa, this guy's doing triple doubles. So he must be distributing, being defensive, getting the rebounds and scoring. And they've noticed too, that with the triple double does, which is bizarre, does not guarantee you victories at
3: all. Well, Westbrook Westbrook changed that. It used to. And he then, and proved then Westbrook, the point.
0: he proved the point. <laughs> yeah. And even when Oscar was, magic was Johnson... getting
3: them and when magic was getting them, when LeBron was getting them, when Draymond green gets them, your team wins for some reason, he's, he, dominated that statistic
0: is still not like a dominant win if you get a triple double and and yeah you're right wessel how many times did he do it did he two we averaged
3: he averaged it twice i think like in a season which is fucking insane if you think about that for
0: kids you're looking at basketball cards or reading the newspaper stats or online stats espn you're like wow dude he's triple double yeah and you're exactly right cyrus i'd rather have him 20 assists with 12 points and eight rebounds yes yes as you opposed to 20, 10 and 10, you know, or t- 20, 15 and 10. I'd rather have my, my, my power forward do a 20, you know, 10 and 10, stuff like that. And, uh, and it, it's funny how triple doubles, you think that, Oh, that's a guaranteed victory. And it's it
3: not. used to for the most part, not, not anymore, right. but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, Jack, I, I, and I got to run. We've been doing this forever, man. But um, I want to ask you this about your Lakers and then we'll, we'll call it a day. Cause we're going to do this again next week. If you're free. Um, should if the if the trade is there, I don't know if Dork Elvis, uh, the nickname for the the general manager of the 76ers, Daryl Morey, who I cannot stand, <laughs> I think he's vastly overrated, and and he's bungled this whole situation with Ben Simmons. His value was there a year ago, not anymore. Um, if if Dork Elvis agrees to the trade, would you swap Westbrook for Simmons?
0: i don't I, sure I, I don't think I don't think I can. I- they're two head cases. One, they're both head cases. They're nuts. They're- yeah, but one is ben 6'11". Simmons, Simmons
3: one is 6'11". One is 6'11". and plays defense. They both can't shoot.
0: I got Anthony Davis for that. Yeah, but now you would have a second
3: Anthony Davis who can also handle the ball and who actually doesn't want to shoot. Westbrook still wants to shoot. That's the difference. You don't need more offense. Necessarily. You need Correct. defense. And, and Simmons course. plays that. And he's fucking... You'd have a point guard. I, I don't know. If I'm, if I'm the Lakers, I would do that in a second. But that's me. I was just wondering, as a Lakers fan, what you thought. But you're not you're you're, you're not sold on that. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know, and it sucks that you wanted right. to show so bad because I mean, your team, who's still down, Clay Thompson, is dominating, which is oh, the Warriors. Thank you.
3: thank you. Well, look again. We're recording this Tuesday, November sixteenth. I got a lot of hate right now. I'm gonna deal with on Twitter from uh, all these fucking Kevin Durant fans because um uh this this podcast i i so i do two warriors podcasts one of them is going to actually just launch in a week or two i just got this is a new opportunity i'm excited about and jerry you're welcome to come on that anytime you want with me um uh, but even though it is a warriors podcast maybe i'll bring you on when they play the lakers that can be the but uh (laughs) but um uh, you know, my my colleague wrote this article, uh, a column for the San Jose Mercury News, about how Stephen Curry is winning the battle against Kevin Durant, and you have like these this this massive throng of people who call themselves Warriors fans, but who simultaneously love Kevin Durant still. And it's like, um, because he's, he's not, he's, he's an amazing, he's not, he's an amazing player, but he's no longer on this fucking team. I guess sure. my issue my issue is with people who seem to forget that basketball is a team sport. Right, like you have a lot of people who just and and LeBron, I feel like started this a lot, and, and maybe it's a millennial thing where a lot of people are worshiping individuals in basketball and, and less sure. so the team, even though this is a fucking team sport, right? So my angle is, dude, Durant left the Warriors. He never even gave us a reason why. And I defended the decision to, to say Steph's winning that battle because they are on opposing teams, and you could look at those two in a competitive way. They're playing tonight against each other, and that's a huge fucking game for the Warriors, who I, th- I think they're going to win this game, by the way. I think they, they lost that Charlotte game partly because they were looking ahead to this game. But, um, dude, you have a lot of people who are, like, jumping on me because, like, I'm not showing Kevin Durant love. It's like, dude, why should I show Durant love? He well, we all know why he left. We, we still exist. See- that's my point. At least give us why. a reason. Well, you we don't is, know why I, you can assume I, you can assume you know why, but he's never
0: explained once why he's never given a well, specific reason why we're going to assume that the reason why is because he wanted his own team, right? Ego, I right?
3: guess, I guess I has,
0: it, has but, to be. it has to be. The, and, and I see it in soccer all the time. You know, I know you're wondering why,
3: why not just admit that, like, why not just come out and say that he he's a sensitive
0: it. douche. We all know that. Yeah, you, you, were, exa- mentioning earlier, you. you were mentioning thank earlier about the multiple uh Twitter accounts. And he yes. he followed your rule of like oh, each yeah, other's he'd... accounts, right? And then he realizes it's the same guy. Um, it's ego. Is <laughs> these guys want to be individuals and yet a team champion at the same time, which is you can't have that. And mm-hmm. I, the reason why I said soccer is because at one point you know, I don't know you you should know who Messi is and Neymar. Of course, yes. Yeah. Messi, Neymar, and Luis Suarez were in Barcelona, which were the top three forwards, with the exception of Ronaldo, who was on another team. Right. And Neymar was like. I want, you know, he didn't say it in so many words, but it was very hinted. Like, I want to have my own team because he knew that as long as he was on the same team as Messi, Messi's the God. And and Messi lives up to the hype as well. So Correct. he's like, I'm going to go do my own thing. And okay, cool, whatever. And he hasn't been good since. He's been decent. He hasn't been, yeah. you know, the thing. And and to kind of go back to the GM type of situation. And if you learn anything from the last dance with Michael Jordan, is it's the main reason why you should not allow the players Become the GM. Oh, you you're right. At, you're, you're 100% right. You look at Durant in, in Brooklyn. Oh, I got my boy Kyrie, who's a nutcase. nutcase Whether he's right fan. or wrong about the vaccine, if it's not the vaccine, how could it right? he on... be right? How
3: could he be right? At this uh, point, there's no evidence that it would even sure. indicate he's but right. What yeah, I'm yeah, saying but... is,
0: like, some people do agree with the vaccine of, on his theory. Sure, whatever. You have your, your right to the opinion. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, if it's not the vaccine, it's something else. If it's not Dude, something I mean, look, else, look, it's something right. You're right. No, no, no. You're
3: absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, this is a guy who for a fucking year was a proponent and perpetuated this insane fucking belief that the earth is flat for a year. He was going around saying this. He had to appall the NBA made him apologize for that stupid view. This is do Kyrie Irving is a nut job, dude, whatever his source of information is I, I, it's psychotic because it's so backwards. I, 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 have such a vitriol now toward um, conspiracy theorists, just because like, I, I'm starting to think they're like a huge cause of our social decay in this world. And, and, and he's one wow. of
0: Until they're right. When are they ever right? Well, I mean, I when mean, are if, they I think, ever I fucking right? A, I, I sometimes like to go down that rabbit hole. And I know this is going to be a podcast for another day, but I, you can't just discredit anything also. But but when you do have a person who's constantly in conspiracy theories and has a, a reputation of conspiracy theories, yeah, I don't think you're wrong to look at that person a little bit sideways. And that's why my whole thing with Kyrie. So, but anyways, kind of going back to the GM situation, you know, Kyrie and Kevin wanted to team up. Yeah, we're best friends. We're buddies. And you know what? As you know, with business, sometimes be, going into business with your best friend is not the best th-
3: Correct. thing to do. Yeah.
0: And going back to GMs, that's why, like, you know, you look at the last dance of so Michael Jordan, you know, it was uh, uh, Jerry, uh, whatever. Krause. Not, Krause yeah. Krause. I was going to say Reinsdorf, but the, Reinsdorf was the owner. Correct. You know, you know, Krause put the team together. And Jordan's like, no, I want all my guys from North Carolina to be on here. I want Charles Oakley here. And yet they go on to win six championships. And look at Jordan. Yeah. To, look at Jordan today; he's not successful with the Bobcats. And let, <laughs> the oh, Bobcats? La, 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 you're still calling them the Bobcats? What are they? What are they now? <laughs> the Hornets. I, I mean, but, but you're right. You're right. Yeah. As,
3: as a as a president, as an owner, he has not done a great job until this year. His team's let, finally... me, let me defend
0: myself. They were the Charlotte Charlotte Hornets, New Orleans Hornets, and, and they the Bobcats. Back to Charlotte. Yes. No, you're right. The Bobcats, I, know, I know. And now they're I'm the giving me shits. <laughs>
3: I'm totally giving you shit. Um, and, and what's funny is you, you're right about that because look at the Warriors. You had Stephen Curry and Draymond Green advocating for Avery Bradley, who is now on your team playing way too many minutes. Um, and the Warriors went with Gary the II over Steph and Draymond's objections. And in hindsight, that was the absolute right call, man. So, and you remember um, your
0: team also uh... – it's also helped created by jerry west which is a legendary GM oh that dude they want yes. you guys wanted to get rid of clay at one point he's like don't you dare get rid of clay.
3: correct for kevin love that was the proposed trade yeah and jerry yes. and by the way your guys could have brought jerry west back too he wanted to come back to the lakers yes and I don't know what the deal, I don't ego know what ego man it's ego I don't, it, It's strictly because it, this was re- this was before Jeannie uh get, took back full control her brother was still in control and her brother was a disaster. Like the moment he got pulled away. Uh, and unfortunately this was before he, he was pulled away after Jerry West went to the Clippers. Um, If my memory serves correct on that, I think that's what happened there. Yeah. Jerry West is a genius. I don't know. Dude. I think there's I,
0: something else. Uh, Cause he wanted, he, he practically begged to come back to the Lakers.
3: Yes. And it was it a combination. Was... And um, again, it was a combination of of Jeannie's brother. And, um, and I think magic also did want to relinquish control. Cause I think he was about to step in. I remember reading a story about it and they fucked up. I, th- I, I think yeah. they fucked up. Everyone fucked up. The Warriors. Uh, my understanding is the Warriors were never given the opportunity to even match what the Clippers were giving him. I think he really wanted to go back to LA. Right. Um, Jerry's an LA guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But uh, anyways, man, Jerry, I love you, dude. Let's do this again next week. with some more, uh, yeah, give me a couple of numbers. You down. I
0: I'm, I'm <laughs> <ability. Just laughs> love tell you, man. Me when dude just tell me, when. I
3: love you, man. Dude, quest is going to make me come back uh, in person next fall. So, so you're still uh, out of I, town. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still out of town. My my parents sold the condo in Slow just cause you know I I I just couldn't be alone there anymore, man. I just uh I was I was going crazy. Could have been literally.
0: Roommates, bro.
3: No, we couldn't. Back, you had I'm your back own.
0: Home. I'm back home. Or oh, well,
3: we'll we'll talk about that soon then. All right, we'll, we'll have a discussion. That's for another day. All Jerry, right. love you, man. Uh, get me yourself fun. a Twitter account so I can start promoting it when we do future shows. At
0: eight oh five twotcom
3: Later, everyone. <laughs>
0: well, let me
1: get to the point. Let's roll. Another joint Turn the radio Loud I'm too long to be